Welcome to the Book Squad Podcast. 94% bookish banter, 6% shenanigans. From Lawrence Public Librarians, Kate Gramlich and Polly Kim. Are we ready to rumble? Yeah. Okay. I'm rumbling. Rumbling. Hi, everyone. Hi. How you How you doing out there? Just yell to your car. I was right going to say, I'm just going to a little silence here. Just and imagine say, that just you're say all it saying, out loud in your okay. car. We're okay. This is good. a good day for me. <laughs> Traffic <laughs> is light today. I hope that's, that's what I'm Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if not, then My that's okay too. are not that dirty. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I hope that, I, I imagine, I like to sit around and imagine what listeners are doing while they listen to our podcast. Yeah. Is that weird? Are you like knitting or are you mm-hmm. like, yeah. Because I like to, I like to do I like to listen to podcasts while I do different things. So. I just like, wow. well, on the few times I listen to podcasts, which, sorry, I record one, but I don't. It's like being a writer that doesn't read anything, which is probably the worst. Uh, but I like, I walk around. I don't even know what I'm doing. I'm just like tidying. And then I'm like, ha good point, podcaster. <laughs> Sounds good. Sometimes yeah. I try to listen like while I get ready in the morning, mm, while yeah. I take road trips. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you have, if you're doing something... Let us know. In the Not comments. right now, because you're probably doing that thing. <laughs> and we can't hear you. Uh-huh. So if you're talking to us. Okay. Oh, that reminds me of that thing that I just keep obsessing about. Yes. Okay. Um, well, let's do this. So today's podcast is we're gonna do we're gonna do a topical podcast mm-hmm. today. And we're gonna talk about a topic. Um we I'm, trying, can, I'm pulling up my sources. Yes. As you're yeah. I, I don't know why it. I needed to say that. Out. Sorry. <laughs> I'm looking at you, but they're know, not looking I at you. So um, we're going to do a topical podcast today. Mm-hmm. So um, I did. We're not doing typical you did two book it, minimum, right, but I did want to. Well, two books. We said two book mm-hmm. minimum. It's not a lie. You're right. I did want to say a couple things that I'm reading or getting. See, I'm getting ready to read these. I am not even reading these yet. Cool. Good. So um, one is How to Catch a Mole by Mark I'm going to say it's Hamer, H-A-M-E-R. Yeah, I knew a Hamer. Um, did you? Mm-hmm. So, I was going to say your first name, but I'm not, not going to say your full no, name on air. Probably That's fine. not. Good idea. Yeah. So, um, A Wisdom from a Life Lived in Nature. And this book actually That's was... That's such a cute cover. I know. It's a super cute cover. This book, um, I can't remember, and it might have been... I don't... I want to say it's Kelly Barth, but maybe I was mm-hmm. wrong. Somebody talked about this at Book Club Speed oh, Dating okay. as mm-hmm. a book. And then... And then somebody, um, so I was like, oh, and then someone came up and um, was returning it. And uh-huh. it was someone who um, is here at the library a lot and came to Book Club Speed Dating. Oh, great. And came up to me and was like, have you read oh, this I yet? Oh, I love when that It happens. got pitched and like, oh, I read it and I it was so amazing. Happens. So What's I, the subtitle? Um, the, uh, How to Catch a Mole, Wisdom from a Life Lived in Nature. Okay. So um, this, he's a Welshman. So mm. here, I'll just read you the little bubble. Can you do it in an, a Welsh accent? Um, I, I can't, but I'm telling you, Welsh is almost one of my favorite accents in the whole world. The movie Pride, which uh-huh. I love. I'm sure I've talked about that on here before. It's where the um, LGBT, um, it's like okay. an LGBT group uh-huh. Uh-huh. in, this was the 80s, 84, mm. or whatever, when they were having the mining strike. Mm. Um in Wales, like they were started collecting money for the miners because oh, yeah. um, the Thatcher government was, you know, they were like Thatcher's after us and Thatcher's after them, and we have to See, support this them. This is what we need to do. 
Yeah, it was very intersectional, yeah, and it that's was wonderful. I'm telling, I, I watched that movie so much. It's one of my favorite movies of. Can you all quote time. something, and then you'll maybe you go into the accent? That was a, ter- a trick I learned on Brooklyn Nine Nine. I'll have to. I'll have to right. pick one Sorry. to do because no it's, pressure on air. No, it's a. It's a very. It's a very yeah. different accent, and it's a different. It's not even not like the cadence is different. Not even so much the accent, but the cadence is interesting. But so Bill Nye is Uh is in that, and he's I love his accent in Uh that because he speaks so distinctly. Anyway, Um, but here's the thing about this one: so uh, uh, kneeling in a muddy field, clutching something soft and blue black, Mark Hamer vows to stop trapping moles forever. In this luminous work of nature writing, the former mole catcher tells the story of what led him to his strange career from sleeping among hedges as a homeless teen to weeding windswept gardens in Wales and why he eventually gave it up. Over the course of his final days of catching moles, he reveals the secret of his craft, burrowing into the mysterious lives of the small velvety creatures whose work is is as solitary as his own and sharing the intimate knowledge of a life spent in wild places. The result is a sublime and life-affirming book about the inevitability of change and what a deep understanding of nature can tell us about our own humanity. Whoa. Right? Wait. He was a mole catcher. What do you mean? Is that like a yeah, career a, over there? It's a job. Yeah, because um, <clears throat> they, 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 ruin, they ruin your garden. Oh, yeah. No, Ruby so, uh, has yeah. had mole maintenance. I should but... have mole maintenance. So yes, they can. They definitely. I don't know if she can, would like this book because she is very into yeah, like she's anti mole. Yeah, yeah. Well, they <laughs> well, are really messing would, up her. Maybe it would change her. I don't know. I'm interested to see what he has to say because maybe it would change her thoughts on pest management in that way. Um, well, I told her she could borrow tubs because he's killed two moles already. Oh yeah, that's just the cycle of life. It is. I don't know. I'm interested. Moles are. They're, they're cute. I mean, their face and, is weird, but yeah. they're very soft. And the dead ones that were on my porch were just like, mm. me. Oh, <laughs> just like little, little dudes. Fuzzy little. So anyways. You sorry, know. I ruined. I broke yeah. it down. That was really <laughs> sweet. But I want I, I want to hear about that yeah, when you I'm, read it. I'm super interested in, in nature, how like nature philosophy mm-hmm. and and stories that are about one thing, but really about another mm-hmm. thing. Those are yeah. two of my things. Yeah. And applying lessons. Yeah. And so I will, and then the second book, we're actually going to talk about this author later when we talk about our stuff, but the second book is The Dirty Girls Social Club by Alyssa Valdez Rodriguez. So um, this is about six Latina friends who were in, have been inseparable since their days at Boston University. So this is me branching out, not because they're Latinas, no. but because they they're are 20 late something. 20s. Party um, single girls. Party girl, single girls who are out there. Um, that was has, was, never, that's we were, so, was never my life. Right. Yeah. 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 Like so, that's the aspect of the book where you're like, wow. Right. So I'm interested in, we'll talk about this later because I want to talk, because she talks about yeah, like how her book is characterized. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. And I was like, oh, this sounds really interesting, but also... I don't relate at all. What I think is interesting is that on the cover, which I've mm-hmm. shelved that book many a times, mm-hmm. and it's like very bright color cover, yeah. um, stri- stripes of like every different color. But the the like and the silhouettes, there's no faces, but the silhouettes are like pretty freaking 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 <laughs> <laughs> paper white, which is yeah fascinating. They are. To me. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if that yeah. was if that and is because, what she's talking about. Like with she her. has right. Well, in her 
the six women in the book are all different Latinas. Some mm-hmm. of them are mm-hmm. black. Mm-hmm. Some of them mm-hmm. are um, um, very pale and blue eyed. Yeah. And some of them are yeah. anywhere in between. Yeah. And so, um, you know, she's she is writing a book about a different kind a di- yeah. of um, Latinx experience. Latin, Latinx? Yeah. Experience. Um, and then... Yeah, she's. I am interested. She in had a hard time been. selling that. I yeah. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, so so I got. What that are leads we, us in? Maybe. Yeah. What are we talking about? So, we are talking about American Dirt by Janine Cummins, which just launched. Mm-hmm. Well, it just was released. It's been launched for over a year. I mean, really? It yeah. So it was. Um, I believe it was midwinter of last year that I, or maybe it was even before that, it might have even been Book Expo, that they had arcs of this book and they were, I mean, everything was about selling Uh this book. Uh Um, And if you've been following the news about this book, which maybe you have or maybe you haven't, it came out um earlier this month or mid month mm-hmm. and uh, january and it um opened to both like rave reviews mm-hmm. and from, from from a lot of different you know from a lot of different sources and oprah herself mm-hmm. picked it as an oprah pick in fact it was her first um book that well i think they well we'll get to that too cuz they were they were kind of selling this book as a an own voices book mm-hmm. at first. Mm-hmm. Um, I was at an event where um, Janine came in, and it was sort of a surprise at the end of the event. It was it was uh, Macmillan, and mm-hmm. they, they were pitching all of their different books, and then she came in surprise and gave a like a two minute, five minute kind of like. Hey everybody! This is what my book mm-hmm. is about. This is what this is why I wrote it. This is what my life was about, and I really um, felt like it was being pitched as an own voices mm-hmm. story. Um, Janine Cummins herself is um, comes from a Puerto Rican background. Her, her grandmother, her grandmother is mm-hmm. one of her grandmothers is Puerto Rican. I believe she was born in Spain, so n- not as an American citizen and her husband was um an undocumented. she characterized you know uh, said you know he was an undocumented um you know undocumented immigrant. here in the United States and um kind of left it at that uh-huh. and you know it turns out he he was he is well okay yeah so like but he was Irish <laughs> um and so oh my God, this is yeah. and so it was definitely like I mean, and she like a okay sorry yes I, was gonna okay. say, I yeah. don't feel like I I don't feel like I was imagining that at no the right time I am that positive I, you that know that and what... and I definitely thought like oh okay good I'm glad mm-hmm. this story is being told by someone mm-hmm. who like has some As lived the, experience yeah. in this area yes yeah and then um, then the book comes out, and I'm not sure. And the book comes yeah, out with ahead. a launch party <laughs> Big that launch. has yeah. uh, so like the the cover of the book has barbed wire on it, mm-hmm. um, and it's uh, and it, so it's a it's a well. D- do we give the plot? Yeah, so let's give the plot of the book. Do you not? And I like I think we should open also by saying I'm going to say I have not yet read this book. No, I've had the arc. 
I've been thinking about like, okay, when am I going to get to this book? Mm. And it's, you know, kind of been on my radar because I was like, man, this is just being hyped. It's mm-hmm, the Oprah mm-hmm. pick. It's, you yeah, know, yeah. so I feel like I should yeah. read it. Yeah. Um, and then everything came out. So the premise of the book, do you want to do it or do you want me to do it? Okay. The premise of the story is that um, this woman, uh, a mother, uh, uh, was um, is a bookstore owner who lives in I think believe Acapulco, and is uh, one of her. Um, her husband is a journalist. He's writing about the narco's, um, the the drug problem, the drug cartels in Mexico. Um, he I believe is um, the story opens with a quinceanera, mm-hmm. uh, and like. Everybody is slaughtered, and mm-hmm. she comes to find. She's a bookstore owner. She comes to find out the guy, the very suave man who's been coming to her bookstore, is like the head of the drug cartel, mm-hmm. um, and she has to take her son and run for their lives. And so that's the to get to the United States. So that is the premise of the story, and I believe, again, in my opinion, I believe it was initially really being sold as you know, bringing to light the plight of uh-huh. um, of, of people in Mexico and people mm-hmm. at the border. Mm-hmm. And, um, and that also, is absolutely right. how it's built. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I feel like lately the spin on what the book is about has kind of changed because uh, soon after, well, I'm going to say soon after it was launched, but I'm, that's the part that I'm confused about because I feel like people have had their hands on this book for a year, year and a half, yeah. and I have didn't see any. But I don't know if like I didn't see any negative. Who has had their hands on it? Like other, they like, were giving that thing out like candy. I mean, mm-hmm. like they. That's the thing is I don't know why all of this just came right now unless people figured their voices would be heard more loudly at the actual yeah. release date. But it's not. It's, shouldn't have been a surprise to anybody because people have well but maybe it's like a lot of people didn't read it like they do have mm-hmm. copies of it but they hadn't read it and then like once possibly once someone read mm-hmm. it with like not a white perspective <laughs> yeah possibly or just a someone who'd actually like had that lived experience mm-hmm. or or been yeah. in the area and I also grew up around that lived experience right yeah well and I also like some of these uh like articles that we've will be citing aren't necessarily by um like people who are at ALA or at book buzz mm-hmm. you know like they're writers but this just may not have been on their radar at all until yeah. like I think Oprah um picking it was kind of a big yeah that's possible. So, because I've been wondering, I hadn't heard of that. it. Yeah, I'd been wondering. Like, I feel like, yeah, I've been wondering. And again, maybe also. So the book's coming out. Well, that's the thing. Is I mean, maybe had people. Well, let's kind of let's step back a minute. So the so there's a lot of criticism about this book, and I think there's actually different kinds of criticism. Mm-hmm. So yeah. the different I'm reading different. Uh, Latinx authors, mm-hmm. and I can see why maybe some people are feeling confused about what the criticism is because the criticism is different depending on yeah. the author because everyone has a different lens. Mm-hmm. So, but the main criticism is, I believe that um, that she, Cummins mm-hmm. used a lot of stereo, like used a, yes. a lot of stereotypes. Yeah. 
and um and just essentially kind of got it wrong. Yeah. So I've heard I've heard that. I've heard in addition the writing is just poor. Um I've heard other people say you shouldn't be able to write that story if you mm-hmm. didn't have that lived experience. But I've heard other people say that's actually not the problem. The problem is she just did it badly. Well, I was going to say, yeah, I, and that's and that's kind of where I'm interested in the conversation. Uh-huh. Um, but I do want to say, so um, I've been reading uh, Miriam Gurba's, um, so it's Pendeja Ewing Steinbeck, my Bronco with <laughs> fake ass social justice literature, which was a title that just caught my eye immediately. I know. And again, I this this but this article came out over a month ago, and I didn't see it until just a couple weeks ago. Um, when that book actually launched. Yeah, exactly. So, like, and that's interesting. I wonder if she wrote this and was like, hello. And yeah, then, like, into, into and then the nothing void. happened until, yeah, yeah. Um, and she talks about how um, it's uh, appropriating um, other books by by authors of color. Um, she kind of gives us, like, just, oh, yeah, in my opinion, as a Scorpio and as a mm-hmm. person with feelings, she gives a brilliant just breakdown of <laughs> it from many Lens like from many mm-hmm. on many levels, like mm-hmm. she's kind of like calling out the use of Spanglish that's kind of used in like a very stereotypical, not natural way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, she's talking about so she quotes Susan Sontag, who says that a sensibility as distinct from an idea is one of the hardest things to talk about. And with this challenge in mind, she asserts, she says, I assert that American Dirt fails to convey any Mexican sensibility. It aspires to be Dia de los Muertos, but instead it embodies Halloween, which I thought was just hilarious. Um, (laughs) And so she says that, like, she says the proof rests in the novel's painful humorlessness. Um, Mexicans have over 100 names for death, most of them playful because death is our favorite playmate. And Octavio Paz explains uh, our unique... relationship with La Muerte when he joked, the Mexican is familiar with death. He jokes about it. He caresses it, sleeps with it, celebrates it. It is one of his favorite toys and his most steadfast love. And that this reminded me of our discussion on um, uh, on Dia de los Muertos, uh, the podcast episode where we mm-hmm. talked about um, her name is blanking. Oh, it's my name. Caitlin. Dodie. Dodie. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but taking such a, like a, such a serious or such a such a significant theme, like in this book, like death being such a significant theme, and not writing about it in the way that is mm-hmm. distinctly of the culture that you are supposedly portraying, portraying, mm-hmm. writing from, yeah, right. is mm-hmm. just interesting right. to me. Yeah, yeah. So I I had I mean I thought that was an interesting article. I it was. Not as nuanced as I no, <laughs> as I, I loved it. would need it to be yes. at, to like t- it was to maybe make a more balanced like opinion about it. So I'm I'm glad that I read it along with all of these yeah. other articles because yeah. I think that's helping me make a more nuanced um, thought process about it. Because and I want to kind of say this before we super dig into uh-huh. it too is that. Um, the backlash that I've seen, the not you know not the backlash against the book, but then the backlash against 
the criticism <laughs> has <sighs> been embarrassing, really embarrassing. But but it's also it's been so it's so co-opting the language of like censorship, mm. censorship, um, censorship. Mm. What, what word was censorism. that? Uh-huh. I don't even know what word that is. <laughs> I'm just making it up. Um, it's like an exercise. I just, of censorship. I just made it up. <laughs> I like censorship. You're right. Um, but it's like the yelling about censorship has been, I mean, I actually, I didn't bring them in. I, I meant to bring in a couple of the quotes from our catalog of people, uh-huh. um, people saying like, I can't believe uh, that, you know, people would censor a book like this and not, not allowing people anyone not, to write any book is that's censorship not the, and, that's not what's happening no it's not that's not censorship no and in this fact, is like there's freedom of speech you just have to be able to deal with the consequences right. of what you're saying or and I, writing. right and i'm really i mean i'm embarrassed at the number of librarians i'm going to be real honest here who are focused on censorship who are, real, who are <laughs> focusing on the censorship <laughs> who are just don't understand censorship because the thing is is that no there was a, a librarian in um, McAllen, Texas, mm-hmm. who got was chosen by ALA to participate in this Oprah, you know, program and the book launch, and didn't know what the book was. Got the book, opened it, and was like, "No, thank you. I don't. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do this." Yeah. And so, um, and made you know made a stand about it and was featured in an article just saying, "I won't be promoting mm-hmm. this yeah. book. Um, the book." will be here. Mm. We will purchase the book. We will like no, we're we're purchasing. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> refusing to purchase the book. Mm-hmm. That's still not censorship. No, it's censorship, really not. but it's also like it would be irresponsible librarianship yeah. because it's a book that is um you know, in demand and well, people, and if people want and access to information right, is yeah. access to information. So, it's not, you know, it's not a nonfiction book that has it, you know, not facts in mm-hmm. it, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's yeah. It's so, um, you know, I would say not buying it is just not good. Like, well, I just don't think it's gonna. You're gonna get away with that, right? Cause... You can, um, but but not participating mm-hmm. in an ALA or Oprah yeah. program to promote this particular book is not censorship. So then, uh-huh. did someone say? Someone say what? That that was Oh yeah. Oh like, really? That oh, her oh. that her not I, doing that? Yeah, someone posted that in well, the, the lipstick it. librarian, you know, that um that it's make a any Facebook sense. group. No, librarians were just well, this is the thing too. A personal a lot, choice not I mean what? Yeah. Okay. And because, you know, she was saying, and she's like, I live in, you know, I'm in McAllen. Like, this is offensive to my community. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you don't book, feel right, right about. The book needs to be here for people to have access to and to read, but we don't have to promote it. Right. As a community read or, you know, because it's. Oh, no, there's know. so many books you don't have to promote. Right. Yeah. Um, so looking up the, the, there's so many books, the dictionary definition of censorship. Don't get promoted. Right. So that's, I mean, I, I would like everyone to think about that as we sort of go on to, because that's, I feel like that is a, a common theme I'm hearing from white authors. Yeah. Well, similar to the maybe not even just white authors, but authors who who are who feel like privileged position mm -hmm, Uh and who've who've gotten criticism for the kind of books they've written. Yes, Um, people who've gotten criticism and 
And instead of maybe stepping back and assessing, mm-hmm. they've ah, just started ah, yeah, scre- screaming that they've mm-hmm. been censorship and they're allowed to wear whatever. Is it yeah. like there was the... I don't know where. Whenever Lionel Shriver, oh, you know, sh- I didn't know about this until yeah, this whole yeah, thing. Showed I'm learning up in so a much. Sombrero to an award ceremony to like essentially rail that she should be allowed to write whatever she wants to write. That's not a cute look, Lionel. Mm-mm, it's really not. Um, and the thing is, is she's not wrong. She did, but she's she but can like, write whatever she can write whatever she. But wants you can to deal write. with like. Like criticism about it, and right. you might deal with lower book sales, or right. you know, I mean, yeah, write about whatever, right? But write about whatever, but you, you can do whatever, but there's a way to do it well. And if you are a thoughtful author right. and you want to do a good job, I've got some, there's some things, yeah. So, um, oh, I don't even know where to start. Did you read the Max Gladstone? Um, there's a Max Gladstone post on bees and diversity. The title got me because it was really too many things. So, uh, and I haven't read Max Gladstone, but I've seen no. um, a lot of his uh, like book covers and speculative fiction. Um, but he talks about um, how there's he's been there was an experience where he got chased by bees, and he's <laughs> not like allergic to bees, so there wasn't a life threatening thing. Okay. But he's Sorry, instead I don't by know bees. Why that made I know, me right? Laugh. I know. I know. <laughs> this will have to do with this. Okay. Um, and he's talking about how like he's described this experience. And he's like, you know, he's a great writer, and he's like very hilariously describing being being chased by bees and like the experience <laughs> and stuff like that. And you know, for um after the experience and all these sorts of things. And uh then, and he talks about how, like, most people, aside from people who are deathly allergic to bees, that mm-hmm. would be a different experience. But right. most of us, if we're getting chased by bees, we're probably going to have, like, sort of a similar fight or flight feeling or, right. like, you know, we're going to talk about it in similar ways or, you know, there's going to be similar sights and sounds and smells and stuff like that. Um, and so... Well, I don't know. The, the point, okay, sorry. So anyway, the point that he's making <laughs> like, where you is that there this? are universal experiences uh-huh. like that, that like if you're writing characters with backgrounds that are different from you, you can like, they probably experience similar things to you right. in some ways. But yeah, like likely. you're not going to write about this sort of trauma that like this book is focused on right without doing a lot of research right first so you're right like if you're i mean and i guess maybe somebody who is allergic to bees might read that story and be like you insensitive jerk yeah like absolutely and i I think this guy would be like yeah you're right you know right right or or like you know i'm sorry i didn't consider your perspective on it well and he said like because he's asked like how do you write um when diverse is the how do you write inclusive characters? Mm-hmm. He's like, you write them as humans, and we right. all experience some things, right? Or like, you know, for the most right. part. And and if you don't, though, like if you're writing a character who is allergic to bees, and that's not your experience, right. you're gonna have to do some research. So on let's that. go with that analogy a little bit, because I like because you know. So the first thing you might do is like if you're writing about a particular culture and you're writing about them, that person running away from bees. The first thing you might do is just look up like. 
do bees have any significance in this culture? Yeah, sure. Because like, what if you what yeah. if you accidentally are writing about a culture who like to be chased by bees is like is, symbolizes like right, and so death. yeah, or yeah. whatever, or or like in that culture, you would turn around and face the bees and lift your hands. Yes, and, yeah. You know what I mean? So first of all, just do a little bit of looking. Mm-hmm. You know, um, some people you know, just to see, and then. Um, but then also then, yes, like, I mean, I think that's the other thing is people fail to imagine. I guess it's maybe this two prong, like they fail to imagine themselves in that situation. Like when you're running from bees, like your accent doesn't matter. No, your skin right. color yeah, doesn't exactly. matter. Yeah. Like, um, so you might, you know, you don't need to mention those things. Like it's not a thing. Uh-huh. Right. That's it's one of the things thing is like, you need to mention. Yeah, and her, I, I, her, yeah, like. Interior of an almond white skin was yeah. <laughs> glistening in the sun as she, you know. You know, right. Like, it's not. That was my, um, my. Right. The interior of an almond white skin. Your serape was flapping behind you. As yeah. You, you know. Yeah, exactly. Like, that's like relying, that's relying on stereotypes. Uh-huh. That's writing. It's pulling you out of the situation. It's just bad. Right. Writing. Uh-huh. Um. So, yeah, I think, but I also, I guess I could see the other side of that where someone is saying like, well, I'm also trying to honor or acknowledge the fact that I'm trying to that, find it's, that life is different for different people. And so I'm just yes. trying to bring that into the story. And, and I, mm, I'm trying to find this quote, the thing that I sent you about um, being a visitor Oh. Or a guest, or a yeah. um, what's the? Oh. It's not colonizer, is it? Or there was or like in, invader, invader, um, t- uh, t- tourist, tourist, or a guest. guest. Uh-huh. And because um, I don't know if this is an, a branch you want to go into on this discussion, but like talking about like the difference between appreciating a culture, mm-hmm. you know, like you do want to do diligence and do a respectful job because you. Mm-hmm appreciate this culture and you have learned about it and all these sorts of things. Um, I feel like my brain is going in a thousand different directions. I know. I think there's a lot to talk about Uh in this and I want to like not go down too far down a rabbit hole that like, so that we don't get to some other things, but no, I know. I mean, I think that's an important perspective. Like, so that, because this ties into everything. Right. It ties into like people who collect certain mm-hmm. artifacts or um, appreciate different art or like they dress in a certain way that that is like maybe paying homage to something right. that they're not a part of. I don't know. This this yeah. whole thing. Which I'm I like, guess the sombrero, the sombrero is what made me think about it. Right. Was like if Lionel Shriver had spent so much time in Mexico or somewhere else and has like adopted their ways of being, you know, mm-hmm. and like and and has relationship like reciprocal relationships with people in that culture mm-hmm. and was maybe gifted a sombrero or something right. like that. You know, like then yes, go for it. But you wouldn't wear it to an awards. You ceremony. wouldn't wear it to an awards ceremony. <laughs> and and in that case you'd know you don't freaking wear that to an awards you ceremony. Wear that so like yeah. And right. I, so I think that some of us like may get like defensive about can we do this or this mm-hmm. when really it's like why are you doing this where did it come from what right. what relationship do you have with the people in that culture mm-hmm. and i think you know i've even i think people are there's never going to be a universal agreement i mean you might 
I mean, I sort of think like, oh, I love these embroidered shirts mm, from right. this, from Mexico. Like, mm-hmm. I love that. You know, it's something mm-hmm. I grew up in the Southwest. It's something that I think is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And like, um, I might wear something like that. And I, at this point in my life, I would feel like it's very important for me to purchase something like that mm-hmm. from a reputable yeah, exactly. person. From, so that if yeah. it's like, especially if it's something that has... Um, like some significance Symbolic. or it's something mm-hmm. that has, you know what I mean? Like I, I would want to make sure that whoever the artist mm-hmm. is getting paid for their mm-hmm. work yeah. and that they have a connection to the work that they're yeah. doing. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, that's something I would think about, but I might put that shirt on and I might walk down the street and someone might be like, white lady, what are uh-huh, you doing? Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'd have to be like, I can, I understand why that person yeah, absolutely. doesn't know me and doesn't know that I went through all this work. They might think you just got sure, urban outfielders. Right, like I, yeah, I didn't, right. So, um, I mean, just a basic awareness that mm-hmm. you're making a decision to yeah. engage with another culture. And, and you, you may, may have to do some research and, well, you'll yeah. have to do some research. Yeah. And you might have to like, I was gonna say back may, it up, but like you may or may not do it right, or you might right. just you be may like, or may not yeah. do it, right. yeah. or you might just be like, okay. I mean, that person doesn't know me, and they think that I don't know what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I did in this particular case, and that's okay. Well, you and don't do as Christ censorship. Right. <laughs> I just would be like, okay, you know, and yeah. then because they, I there's no point in me being defensive and like trying to completely explain myself right about what I did you know but um well and I can think of so many times in my personal past where I've done something in college there is a picture of me wearing a sombrero and I think that at the time if someone would have like criticized me about it I would have gotten very mm-hmm. defensive probably because I was there's p- pictures of probably a ton of people in Lawrence wearing a sombrero because yeah. that's what they put on your head when you go to um that a, a Japanese steakhouse here in town what? for your birthday. When it's your birthday and you go to the stack, Japanese steakhouse, they put a big sombrero on your head and they well, like. This is a whole layered cake. Yeah, of it really confusion. is. I know. I'm like, so do we like, are, are we like, do we just give them a pass because maybe the owners are, come from a different culture and they don't realize that oh there's my. loadedness around? Wow. I, That's fascinating. <laughs> no, no right? mine was, was at a Mexican <clears throat> restaurant in Carbondale, Illinois. And it yeah. was just not, yeah, it was. Uh, but like, I think we've all felt, and I, we talked about this with the writer, the Romance Writers of America thing. I think we've Mm -hmm. all felt that called outness and the, like, the sense of sort of embarrassment or shame. And then it like causes you to react very defensively. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, what has happened in the wake of the criticism of this book, um, what did did you do? You like have a flat iron is the yeah. I was going to say Macmillan. Did flat you iron is see the or do you have a link to the to response to it? I don't actually. If you, if I'll you find it. If you want to yeah. jump into one of the articles that you yeah. Were talking about. So like the first article, I think maybe did you share this? I don't know if you shared this one with me or if I found it in the link that you sent, but. Um, it's Alexander Chi, mm-hmm. and his article is how to unlearn everything when it comes to writing the quote other. What questions are we not asking? And so I thought this was a really good article mm-hmm. because he's a writer. He teaches writing workshops, and he um, inevitably gets asked the question, you know, well, what is it okay? You know, is mm-hmm. it okay? Like. Is it okay to write the, you know, other people? And and he says, they're asking if it's okay to find a way to continue if they have, they want permission mm-hmm. to write the other. And so he, he said, I've started not 
telling them yes or no, because, you know, honestly, he doesn't know whether mm-hmm. or not that person is in a position to write mm-hmm. the other. Um, but he asks these questions. Why do you want to write from this character's point of view? Mm-hmm. Two, do you read writers from this community currently? And three, why do you want to tell this story? And so I especially thought two was very interesting to me um, because there was, I th- I can't remember if it was this, this one. There was another, I was in other article, like someone was, there's someone who says you have to read a hundred books from a particular culture to be able to write about that culture. Whoa. That seems like a lot, especially, I, I don't know. I was like, mm, especially because all those hundred books are going to. Oh, Yeah. There, I don't. Yeah. So I was like, that seems like a lot. But I mean, I definitely like. I applaud. Like, you have to do the work. You maybe gotta do what, the work. Yeah, like maybe Get that just there. means yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but like he he says, you know, he interviewed Ursula K. Le Guin, mm-hmm. and Le Guin said she she told him that she had to teach herself to write as a woman because all of us are reading books that have been written by white men, predominantly those were the things getting published. And so even people who are writers, and he said, you know, he's been teaching for 24 years in creative writing. And even his students who come in from different groups Mm -hmm. are turning in things that look like a white man wrote them. Um, And, you know, it's a struggle for people, even people within a particular culture to learn your own learn voice. to their own voice and to write themselves because in this culture we're given mostly the the one dominant perspective in all of our media and so mm-hmm. you know he yeah, po- and, and so he points out another thing that like a, a criticism I saw um which sort of chapped my hide was that someone said you know um like, well, they, you can't just like take, you know, they can't just be publishing any old stuff. And so like sort of making the point of like, oh, right. Uh-uh. So making this point that like, yeah, well, maybe. <gasps> I know, right? I was like, <clears throat> okay, that. Right. And so, you know, he's. That people will be published just based on like quota and not based yes. on merit. Yes. And so I was like, you know, right. There's a whole, there's a whole other, you know, point to be made about if, if that's the media we're all, if we're all consuming a certain kind of media and we're all seeing a certain kind of thing, publishers by and large, there was a, oh, I think I printed it. Oh yeah. Publishers themselves are 76% white, 74% -hmm. cis women, Mm -hmm. 81% straight and 89% non-disabled. This just came out in 2019. So, um, and we're, and so when stuff comes in that doesn't meet the dominant sort of, it doesn't narrative. land right uh-huh. yeah. in your ear because you're used to hearing yes. the dominant narrative. Um, it feels like it's not quality to you. Well, it's, um, not, it's because like... Because you, you just are, your idea about what quality is, mm-hmm. is different than maybe <clears throat> different cultures. And that... Um, well, it's like, and that seems so Duh, when you think about yeah, it, because it it's does. like if you're only oh, used yeah. to listening to classical music and then right. you hear like you, that's all, you know, and that's mm-hmm. all that's on the radio where you are. That's all that you've, you know, like all CDs and everything like that. And then you hear like blues music. It's not going to sound right. And so then you're going to think right. it's not right. as good, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. 
And so if everybody is like in the industry, in the music industry, if everybody is like only classical fans, then nothing else is going to get using you're right they're using that as that measure or the reverse like yeah i mean i i like to even you know i like to think about a different way where like if if it was all hip-hop and then someone tried to bring classical like it wouldn't sound right you know what i mean like there's it's just yeah your ear just gets used to your eyes get used to your brain gets used Mm -hmm. to and but people in publishing have to be very critical thinkers of their own brains Yes, and, and there and are some, I yeah. think, but it's it's harder. But something I did see about this, this was not in the article I read, but we we actually had just shared this uh, in an internal email here at the library that those stats on publishers. But someone said someone sent a follow up that said like the interns when you did the when you looked at the stats on mm. on publishing interns, mm. it was very different and it was much more diverse. Mm-hmm. And so either one of two things will happen. Like, yay, they're going to hang in, mm-hmm. like it's going to change the face of publishing, which <sighs> will change so much work for those people. Of, right. Yeah. Uh, which will change what we're seeing or they'll burn out mm-hmm. and it will, everything will stay the same because it doesn't well, like feel like there's industry, a place right? at the table. Right. Yeah. I don't know. So anyway, so that Alexander Chi, and we'll link all of these, but that was, I thought, a really, that was a good um, eye-opener for me. And it, like, you know, he talked about, um, he himself, he was trying to write a story, and this um, the story was set in London, where he doesn't live and didn't grow up, mm-hmm. and it was to, it was to white people, mm-hmm. like it was a white man, and he was just really struggling, and, you know, he was like... Does this, you know, why? Like, why does he? I mean, it was a cool story, but like, he was really struggling to get it right because that's not his background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, like, what did he say? He said, you know, I was trying to use my idea of him and his wife as the main characters. Um, I realized, like, I realized that it required a level of work I wasn't sure I was willing to do. Hire mm-hmm. the equivalent of a British sensitivity reader, for example, since I would be almost colonizing the colonizer, as mm-hmm. it were. You know what I mean? So he, um, you know, he himself just said, I don't I don't know if it, like it's worth doing that. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, he I'm not I don't know if he ever he didn't actually finish the story, but he decided, like, I'm setting this in the United States. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't. Um and so, and well, I was so sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes you may want to do something really badly mm-hmm. and it's just not going to happen. I, I was thinking about that a lot. And maybe like mm-hmm. some of us with a lot of privilege need to just hear that. Right. Sometimes. Or just like maybe common sense. I mean, okay, so I, you know, I'm a person who is an aspiring writer. Like I, I love stuff like reading stuff set in Ireland. I've been to Ireland. Mm-hmm. Like that's, it's my family heritage. Um, but I realize the amount of research that yeah. I'd have to do, and maybe maybe I just maybe have a level of awareness. I think there are people who are not aware. They're like, uh-huh. well, I'm white and they're oh white. Oh, my gosh. My family yeah. was Irish. Yeah. This is Irish. Like, I can write about it. But you can and, tell when and, it... Right. And the thing is, is that you can. And, well, and here's the other thing. You can write about it, number one. And number two, the most of people living in the United States who read your book mm-hmm. aren't going to know that true. you didn't get it right. Yes, that's 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 so true. And I think that that's kind of how this book has been passed through so many yeah. 
And I think that's what, Layers that's until what people release. are so mad about uh, is that. Well, I wouldn't have noticed. Right. I think I, you know, it's very likely that I would have read this book and I've had a couple of like really honest and smart library friends say the same thing. Like they read the book uh-huh. and they were like, oh, this is pretty right. good. Yeah. Because they we all didn't have those know, blind spots. Yeah. Right. They didn't know. Yeah, absolutely. The story oh, yeah. was gripping. It's a yeah. thriller. Like, And it, if I, if I, I'm not... Very knowledgeable of, you know, the, like certain harmful stereotypes. Or, like, you know, there's just a lot mm-hmm. that I don't know. And so, yeah, maybe I just wouldn't have caught it. Right. But we have to listen to the people who know. Right. Because what they're trying to do is not have those stereotypes mm-hmm. reinforced again yeah. by a major publisher and by Oprah freaking Winfrey. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like Oprah should know better. But well, I don't know. Oprah's just a very you know, rich woman. I'm starting to feel like I don't, I mean, it, it's. You don't magically know things just because you're in a marginalized group. No, no, not like, because of that necessarily even. Well, I mean, but there's so many books about like black experiences written by white authors right. that are just steaming turds, but right. that people like, like the help, but whatever. But like Sorry. I, I, who knows? I don't, I mean, it's very likely but also she that they is sold it to Oprah. In, I know, but she is, I guess I, I just I thought know. she was like. More thoughtful of own voices and more thoughtful of girl. They were trying. To I sell know they were. Own I know, and that's where like the hilarious <laughs> thing that like Gerbo points out is just a direct quote from. And I'm stalling because I can't find the freaking thing. Uh, <laughs> the direct quote from her four years ago, Cummins said, "I don't want to write about race." What I mean is, I really don't want to write about race. I am white. I'll never know the impotent rage of being profiled or encounter institutionalized hurdles to success because of my skin color or hair or name. That was the same damn B. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like, I mean, she got it then. I don't know what happened. I don't between know now either. And, and I don't know what, like, so my just imagination, this is the, this is the story I'm telling myself. Okay. Is that she's feeling this way. Some kind of way. This way about like she doesn't have the right to do this. And then she has this transformative experience where she sees all these, what'd she say, like faceless brown people or something mm-hmm. ridiculous mm-hmm. like that at the border. And then she feels like she has to tell the story. And so then she talks to this other white lady, well-meaning white lady at the at the publishing house or, you mm-hmm. know, maybe her editor or something like that. And they're like, could we dive into your, like, is there anything mm-hmm. right. in your past that could give you justification to write this and she's like oh my grandmother was puerto rican and then they're like Bam, was undocumented yes yeah. and then let's like let's just let's go with that let's run right. with that that's real hot right mm-hmm. now that's the critical i can see that actually really like it's the perfect storm of here's a book so the person who read it at the publishing house also didn't see yeah. the and there weren't sensitivity writers the i guess miss, right in the right front well but let's talk yeah. Let's take this little side job. Mm-hmm. So Sandra Cisneros, yeah. uh-huh. like completely, she blurbed yeah. this book yeah. and said it was so important that everybody read it. <sighs> and um, Selma Hayek was on board. Selma? Uh-huh. Apparently she's walked it back. Mm-hmm. And um, Julia Alvarez. Mm-hmm. And like, so there were a number of Latinx women, yeah. Latinas who were on board. And so, and Sandra apparently is still like riding the train. Still, she's yeah. she's got her. She's well, and that's interesting because she is 
Mexican American. I was gonna say like with Julia Alvarez, like she's mm-hmm. from she's, the Dominican right. Republic, and so like, yeah. and like not all right. But Latinx as, narratives are the same. But right. yeah, but that's uh, Alyssa Valdez Rodriguez makes the point. She's a middle class Mexican American from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Sandra. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and so I was like, okay, you know, I mean. That know, we me, all just like, have blind spots. Right. Though, to me, thing. I feel like it's like that is where I feel like people do get confused because you're then you start splitting hairs uh-huh. of like, okay, so you're saying like a, a Mexican American uh-huh. can't write a story about other Mexican Americans? No, probably like, they do it better. Right. <laughs> or guess you just get it wrong. And so yeah. and you know what? There's plenty of people who are Mexican American who live on the border who would write a terrible book about yeah. their experience. Anybody has <laughs> yeah. Because not you. Not I mean, everybody's a good writer. Not yeah. everybody's a good writer. Right. So you have to. It, it's also, not, I think a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm. I don't know how old. Um, she seems I don't know pretty she, young. She's maybe. Well, she might be. Well, in her and 30s I think so. that like she might be. The, maybe she's forty now. Also, though, like Sandra was is probably like Sandra Sandra was is probably like. You know, has hit a bazillion barriers mm-hmm. in her publishing, and so maybe she's like. Yes, I want to support anything that's telling this story and not thinking right. like as intersectionally oh, or yeah. or something like that, you know, or like is just mm-hmm. like how I have like in my past would be like, go team woman, any woman. And right. then was like, whoopsies, mm-hmm. can't yeah. do that. Because I mean, Valdez Rodriguez, you should read that article because she she has serious beef with Sandra. Um, and that's like, so and like the beef. cool thing like, is that like we can have beef <laughs> right. with people. She has beef, and it's very, it's very centered around the fact that, in her opinion, Sandra Cisneros writes a kind of Mexican story, and uh-huh. it's the trauma story. Yeah, and that's the okay. And, so like that's another whole uh-huh. thing here. And and unless you're telling the trauma story, like the, I think she said in the article, you're not down for la causa, mm. you know, unless you're telling, like you're not serious and I have no time for you. Yeah. And so her article, which I think I would like to share that one too. I mean, she definitely, um, she says, you know, there's a huge range of Latina mm-hmm. experiences. Like and any... I want to read about all of those Latina experiences. Uh-huh. And I tried to get she her this book, the one I quoted mm-hmm. earlier, um, the Dirty Girl Social Club. She said she shopped it to sixty five places, and sixty four people turned it down until someone took it. Be- and you know that she kept getting the feedback like it's not brown enough. Mm-hmm. You're not. It's not you know Latina enough. It's whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, or where's the struggle? There's no struggle. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. it's silly and fun. Mm-hmm. And it's how dare like, you have it, silly right. fun? How dare has, a, yeah. how dare you have silly fun? Um, and so that's another, mm-hmm. that was a, that's another mm-hmm. angle on this is that it's, you know, there are trauma stories and someone needs to tell those mm-hmm. stories. Like it's, a, it's, people are allowed to tell their own trauma stories, but mm-hmm. not everyone has to tell those stories no, to and, be in that group. Right. You yes. know, like that, that there are, Animal. you know, there are yeah. other versions of that mm-hmm. story. And so I thought that was really interesting too, is, you know, so I... You know, she talks about the, I know we've talked about this on, you know, the um, DTA's uh, TED Talk on mm-hmm. the danger of a mm-hmm. single story. Yeah. So, which we will probably link again to yes. this because, you know, that. Which always makes me think of Chloe. No. I know. Because they love yeah, it so much. Because they love that so much. Yeah. So it's, uh, there's, you know, there is that dangerous single story. Like there's, 
that this is sort of like a step beyond like somebody from the out group writing a particular trauma piece, you know, mm-hmm. and like, tr- you know, and people feeling super angry that that person is getting paid mm-hmm. for seven someone figures. Yeah, seven figures to milk to someone, else's someone else's trauma. trauma. Uh-huh. And then, you know, but this, there's also like, right. Yeah. This person saying like, also, I can, I'm in that group and I'm not going to write a trauma story necessarily, or yeah. maybe I might, but, but that's not the only also, experience, yeah, exactly. you yeah. know, yeah. Um, which I think is well, really because, important. And if, yeah, because when there's just one, like one narrative, like one trauma narrative, then the readers who are outside of the, like me, would be like, oh, those poor people, the, all the trauma they experienced. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no, we also experienced joy. You know, this is right to me. That's a weird like like that's that slippery slope is like because if you're like activist, that's what I mean. She's saying in this article, like activists. If you're an activist, what you really want is for people to understand these people are marginalized and being mm-hmm. harmed, mm-hmm. and they're and they're like care needs to be given mm-hmm. and and things need to happen. So here's your activist self, yeah. like yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the marginalized action. people, yes, action. Do, yes, do. yes. Like everything's like th- terrible things are happening to these people and people are ignoring it. Yeah. And then, so that's the activists. And so like she calls out activists, you know, people are saying like no other, you know, Latina has been given this amount of money or, you know, and mm-hmm. she's like, uh-huh, Diana Gabaldone mm-hmm. just made $6 million for her ninth installment. Um, and so like, it doesn't behoove us for you to lie about that. Uh-huh. But Diana Gabaldon writes about Scottish yeah, and English true. people. And, um, and, you know, and she actually t- talks about this really cool thing about, and Diana Gabaldon writes um, commercial women's fiction, uh-huh. not literary. Yeah. And so she does a real takedown Oof. about like literary fiction and how sexist Ooh. it is. And, you know, I just thought, mm-hmm. yeah, I want to read this whole thing. Yeah, this was really good because she, um, you know, she talks about do, 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 like Jennifer um, Weiner mm-hmm. has written with great power about the role of sexism plays and knee jerk cultural dismissal of anyone seen to be writing romance or other women's stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I recall a reading at Harvard by a short story writer, Ethan Kanan. Our canon in which um, he answered an audience about his literary influences by listing Danielle Steele. The audience laughed. He stared them down. <gasps> mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, so when oh. highbrow national public radio types ignore writers like Steele or Gabaldon, it is because they are comfortable with the dominant class's assumption Ooh. that women being silly and emotional don't like things that are actually important. And so, you know, she's like, so she's taking down, I mean, this is wow, a, this, this is, is like, a capitalist, like yeah, take down, yeah, or, you know, yeah, taking down of capitalism. Yeah. Um, and like, and there are people in, you know, there are Latina, Latinx activists who have aligned themselves mm-hmm. in some ways with that this is fascinating. community. It is. It's a rich tapestry. It's such a rich say. tapestry. Yeah. So I'm like, so this person's over here, like taking down that person and this person's yeah. over here taking down this person. And like you're, so I, I guess I can see, I can see how the average white reader might get confused yeah. about what, why this is a big deal. Or why it's important, or mm-hmm. it's, and what sh- they should do about it, because I think, and and I, I can see that, yes. And also, I hope at the end of our rambling that that people feel a little more. Well, it is confu- it's confusing. Clear, yeah, it's nuanced, right. right? 
I guess like, so what I'm thinking right now is like, what would I say to the average white lady who's yeah. also me? Um, <laughs> like it is us. Okay. Let's say I am writing a story about mothering and motherhood. I ain't got no kids. I right. never been pregnant. You know, I'd like. I'd have some feelings about right. that. And what if I write about how terrible mothering is and just how painful and how miserable and how tired mm-hmm. you are? And like, yes, those things are true. And like, if I'm just writing like this fictional thing about like, I didn't get parental, like all these just like this trauma and these like legit terrible experiences that could be mm-hmm. surrounding motherhood, you know, mm-hmm. and like things that aren't appreciated about mothers. And you're like, but wait a second, you didn't mention at all that you like to play with your kids. Or like you didn't mention at all. That's a really good analogy. That's a great analogy because I think it totally makes sense that. Yeah. And then. And I'd have to do so much freaking work to describe childbirth. And I couldn't. But like. But but then so like then here's me as somebody who is a mother mm -hmm. who's reading that. And I have I, I think I would have some mixed feelings because I would feel like. Here you, you're like, you're, I feel like you're unclothing me. Like you're, you're putting out all of the terrible things about, uh, about mothering that might or might not be true. Like, mm-hmm. um, but also you're not doing it with nuance and yeah. you're not, you're not putting in the other stuff. I'm writing the story for like on your right. behalf right. without actually understanding it. And so I might, I mean, I think that might be a thing that, that feels bad. I mean, I mean, I, and I think that too, like, I think that. That would be a thing that feels bad because it's like, yeah, you did get some of these things mm-hmm. actually happen, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you got the emotion around mm-hmm. it right, or right. I don't know if you got like the, the again, the nuance or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I lived it, so I should be able to tell that right. story. Like, Well, but I, I'm writing it for you because you're busy. I'm writing it on behalf. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should be this bridge as someone who doesn't have children. Your voice, is, your voice isn't getting I just heard. Want, no, so I just want to write this story for you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a really good analogy because I would have. And we all have things like that. Like I'd feel romantic. A short person writing feel, a tall person's story. You know, they could talk it. about hitting their heads. I, I could talk mm-hmm. about. You talk about how I hit my head all the time. Yeah, that is true. But also, I can reach tall right. things. But it's just, <laughs> and I, would say, I guess I would say this. I would like I, one of two things would happen. Mm-hmm. I'd feel real mad about it mm-hmm. if I felt like it wasn't right. Uh huh. Or. I would be shocked and so like, oh my God, how did this person get it right? Yeah, like, yeah, they, yeah. they did an amazing job. This is exactly how I feel. And I'd go look you up and I'd be like, you don't have kids. How did you do that? Yeah. It's like, like people say about Chris Bohalian. Yeah, like, I was just going to say. Yeah, because you were the it, one who said like. It took like, yes, I think that you can tell when someone does something well because you forget or you are shocked or, right. you know. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. But again, like you pointed out earlier, you you would have to be intimately acquainted with that experience while mm-hmm. writing it. And mm-hmm. so the damage comes when when stereotypes mm-hmm. or things yeah. are gotten wrong. Yeah. Um, and the bulk of the people reading that book don't realize that they're internalizing. They're moms and so they're like, right. oh, yeah, that's exactly how it is from my mom friends. Right. And, and y'all are like, no, no it's not. It's not that's right. rude. Mm-hmm. So you're internalizing, like, all of these people who don't know it's not right are internalizing something, even mm. if it's even if it's just Good a thriller yes. or mm-hmm. a yeah. commercial fiction or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. tropes, fine. Yeah. Stereotypes, mm-hmm. not fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Dang. Mm-hmm. As a non-mom, I feel like I should just write this article for mothers. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know. 
know. You've heard me talk Y'all about it. I'm about to see him faces to Maybe. me. I don't yeah. know. Y'all got your babies. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> just, a, just a bunch uh, of vaginas a, a just opening up. tired mass. Exactly. Exactly. A exactly. Of, a bunch of I'm under gonna eye bags. My, I'm going to use my, I'm going to use a bunch of under eye bags. That's a joke. <laughs> That's what my novel's going to be called. That's yeah. why I was gonna be called a bunch of under eyes. Faceless <laughs> sea of bagged <laughs> eyes. <laughs> Wait, bagged eyes is not right. Oh, uh, but oh you know, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I mean, uh, did you have like, another? Did you have another article that you wanted to? I would quote? just like. Well, no, because honestly, and this is gonna sound cheesy. I don't want to like speak these people's words. No, I like reading the articles, and 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 I do apologize if like reading articles. Like critical articles is not the way you take things in and you would really like us to do it verbally. <laughs> but right. um, I think that like I feel like there's a bunch of articles that we can we can link to that talk about um, some of the like some of the topics we've been talking about and some of the activism behind them or or anti-activism, I guess, mm-hmm. um, and some workshops that are out there. Um, one that we just talked about yesterday um to one another off air, was uh, Writing the Other. It's a book and workshop by Nisi Shaw and Cynthia Ward. And Nisi Shaw, um, I read a, a collection of her short stories called Filter House, and they were so good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I never did end up reading her, the full novel. She did read speculative. But this um, Writing the Other workshop, um, I'll link to it. Uh, there are um, just a, there's a wide variety of teachers and um, they're talking about issues of like I saw something that was like writing asexual characters, you know, writing characters who are deaf um, or or um, or hearing impaired or or blind or visually impaired, mm-hmm. um, and and like that particular workshop is taught by a deaf blind author, and like that particular workshop is taught by a asexual author, you know. Right. So like um, like just the the huge enormous variety of writing nuanced characters and getting advice from people who. Um, I'll like have that lived experience and also maybe who have not been published because of it, you know, and, and right. kind of getting that perspective too. Mm-hmm. So there's a, but I, th- I think we can do a lot of linking. Um, I know you've got a list of, um, I hate to call it read insteads, but so a list of uh, yeah, own voices to reading. Read. Yeah. Things to read. And I, I mean, I'm, I, I, again, I'm a, I'm a little more gray mm-hmm. than, than you are sometimes on these things. So I'm mm-hmm. definitely of like, I don't have a problem. I mean, I, I, People should read this book if they really want to f- understand, like, okay, what's all the hubbub, the hubbub? about? Mm-hmm. Like, and then and then maybe compare and contrast those mm-hmm. with some yeah. own voices, right? Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. not a person who would say, nobody read this book, you know? Like, no. I just think... Uh, I honestly don't care if you read it. Yeah. I'm not I mean, going to read it because I don't have time. Yeah, I might not. <laughs> I might not either. So, so I think, and like what you're saying too, I, I guess I want to make this point really fast because I know that we've kind of gone on for a while, but I... Um, because I think people will say like, well, who, then no one can ever write anybody because how could you write a dragon? Mm-hmm. No, you've never been a dragon. Like, how could you oh write, my God. you know, yeah. no, I totally, write, I whatever. Totally. Yeah. And I think, um, and I think this is the key point and this is from the David Bowles. Oh well, yeah. It must mm-hmm. be David Bowles. Cause I don't think. Bowles. <laughs> David Bowles. Bowles. I, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, David. I'm so sorry. Um, Like uh, the quote is, is when you write about an underrepresented group, one whose own voices have been excluded Uh from the world of publishing, not getting it right, just isn't just disastrous. It's harmful to the people in that group. So it's not 
It's not that you can't. I mean, it's like, like it's not that you can't not write dragon other, writers out there who are trying to write own voices, right, dragon and, books, and, and are dragons getting take, can't get jobs. And yeah, dragons are dragons getting murdered are, for being dragons. Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess maybe dragons get murdered for being okay, dragons, well, but you know what I mean. Like yeah. you just yeah. But like you, there's there are that's a false equivalent. It really is, and or, like uh, uh, yeah. yeah. So if you're you know if you want to write sci-fi and there's a group of like. There's an alien race, and mm. you want to give them all of these stereotypes and characteristics, or the whatever. Blurg blurgs. right? Um, those people don't exist in the real world, and they're not being harmed right. by however you choose to characterize right. those people. However, if you if are you're writing, using uh-huh. those people as a stand-in, yes, for a group of people, because that happens a lot in oh, sci-fi God, yeah. and uh-huh. fantasy. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, better be careful. Yeah, like I'm thinking about Klingons. Yes, yeah, and uh, Star Trek. Like, very. That's so very clearly, I believe, are supposed to be black. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Um, and Klingons are like and the it, warrior race uh-huh, and whatever. Uh-huh. And so it's there's a bunch of weird nuances. And I, when you're watching that, you're like, ooh, yeah, yeah. I was um, feeling a little too, nope. right? Yeah, mm-hmm. like, or like, we talked, did we talk about like, like Gringotts? Like, uh-uh. oh, what? I don't even talk about that here. So, like, when I watch Harry Potter, uh-huh. um, the, you know, it's goblins. Wait, who, is this the bankers? Talk, yes, yes. The goblins are, we did talk about it here. No, but I totally know what you're Yeah, go- goblins are the bankers. Mm-hmm. And they, but they those mysteriously goblins, have, yeah. They look very much like the propaganda. The, yeah, very like, stereotypical Jewish like, stereotypical, features. Stereotypical, yep, propaganda and, yeah. I, and I, like, that's the first thing. As it like, and it's, it's like, and bankers, you yeah. know, and like that is a thing, yeah, yeah, and they're greedy, uh-huh. and you know, all so these stereotypes, I, yep. yeah. So, yeah, I, as I, right, I mean, we've already had some problems with this, right, right, but, right. Anyway. So, I, but you know, you might, but I might watch it, yeah, you exactly. Might not notice, I'm like, that. oh, they're goblins, right, yeah, but you also, you're not like, I'm not sensitively not, like, putting a thing in your brain, yes, too. exactly, yeah, like anybody I see then with like that, yeah, exactly, uh-huh. exactly, yeah, but I. I right away was like, oh, Ooh. what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, are you kidding me with this? Mm-hmm. Right. So, um, yeah. 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 So I think that there's, you know, I think it's, you know, yeah. So goblins aren't real. Well, mm-hmm. as far as I know. Mm-hmm. And you can write goblins however you want. But sure don't make them. You really. We don't need to then, like, basically take the visual cues and stereotypes and harmful messages about a one a group. group of actual real life people and use them as kind of stand yeah, yeah. stand-ins mm. so that's another important thing that mm-hmm. people need to think about is like there i mean we don't don't get yourself all like riled up about get you can't twisted. do anything yeah you can do things like again like we said at the very beginning <laughs> you can do whatever you want yeah but Someone's going to have an opinion yeah. about it. And honestly, like, we all have something where if someone wrote an inaccurate or and or harmful depiction of something that we identify with, you'd know. Like, right. even if you even if you are white and able-bodied and cis and, you know, like, there's there are mm-hmm. experiences that you've had where if an outsider does a poor job of explaining it, you're going to know. Yeah. Whether like, it's like being in a car accident or whether it's, you know, from, it's like. You come from small town Iowa. Right. I come from small town like New Mexico. Mm-hmm. We're both white ladies. Mm-hmm. We don't either one of us come from those places. But like. No, you, it's like, don't point at me. I'm not from. <laughs> I come from small Iowa town people, Iowa. I know. They're very lovely. You come from. But you know what I mean? Like 
your experience is going to be very different. Mm -hmm. And you like you're so close, but you might not like if I might feel a little awkward if I'm writing that narrative. Yeah, I'm going to try to write a story. So, you know, I mean, you're not going to get it just right. And but then but is anyone harmed? I guess that's the other thing. Like, is anyone harmed mm-hmm. in that scenario mm-hmm. and is also, anyone else being kept from telling their story yes, because i'm exactly telling the story? yeah and do, that research is not hard to do like you can like throw a book and hit a like a study about how marginalized voices are not being published the same amount so like yeah. chances are and not being paid as much yeah exactly yeah and uh, uh you know ex- unless you're diana gamble don't i guess well sure <laughs> but yeah yeah that's fascinating yeah Oh, and I loved it. Like, you got to read that article, too, because the other thing she points out, I was like, this is so smart because people are like, but she's but she's not writing about, you know, whatever. Yeah, she's writing about, like, Scotland and England at a time where the border, like, oh. you know, in- England. I know nothing about this whole series. Besides, yeah. you know, Scotland and is like, Ooh. so it's like a stand in in some ways. And the the, cruel- Without- the cruelty with which the English treat the Scottish and, Whoa. you know, um, it's very much. And she, you know, she comes from a very political family. Diana Gabaldon is very Mexican-American wow. in her yeah, um, she's she lives in Arizona. She's very Mexican American and like 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 has a lot of knowledge and pride about that. And and they've been involved, but doesn't write about that at all. But does. But does in a yeah <laughs> in a smarty way. Right. Um. So wow. Ooh, layers, layers. I didn't know any layers. of that. I honestly just I learned every single word you just said. I Uh-oh. didn't know. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. Well, um, okay. So yeah. So David Bowles. Um. It's. He says, authors definitely have the right to write outside of their identity. An absolute legal legal right. No one disputes that. There's homework to be done and questions to be asked. I think that that's like the main, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you can do whatever you want. Yeah. And I think that's super right. Like, um, <clears throat> and if like you for get... secondary characters, especially from groups that exist in your own community or region, this work isn't strenuous. Because that's that's another thing is that I... I hate hearing people say, well, I'm just not going to write anybody different because that's already a well, problem. Well, that's lazy. Right. That's already a problem. Yeah, exactly. Like, I, you know. Have secondary characteristics who are well thought out, first of all. Right. Or else you don't have to delve super deeply in because there's secondary mm-hmm. characteristics. And, but you, yeah, that's what he says. The work isn't as strenuous. Like, mm-hmm. you don't have to read a hundred books necessarily, maybe, but also don't just make them stereotypes yeah, exactly. in your books like I just you're, but don't you be need a have, lazy writer yeah i mean you need to have other people that exist mm-hmm. and you know yeah. if you want if you maybe wanna... interact with other people on a daily basis and then right. kind of get to know that like other yeah. people and other if you want to have different. two protagonists and one of them is not from your particular group mm-hmm. do the work mm-hmm. do the work and i think it would be a wonderful thing like mm-hmm. it's you're gonna grow as a person yeah, and we need those books. We mm-hmm. need to read those books. Mm-hmm. So if you're writing about someone like yourself, interacting with someone not like yourself, mm-hmm. do the work because mm-hmm. we need them. Or else you and your character are going to be boring, and you're going to get called and out on social yes, media. Yeah, yeah, like well, dragged. and also maybe maybe it's okay to be a little afraid that you're going to be called out for something, and then work on right. gracefully taking in that feedback. Yeah. That's a thing I'm not good at you know, on a daily basis, but no, yeah. Like maybe you steal yourself to that and then say, okay, how can I do better Mm -hmm. if, and when that comes up? Right. 
Which I definitely, I definitely could see how, like, if I'm being gracious, that if Janine Cummings is getting, like, the thumbs up from Sandra Cisneros, mm-hmm. that she's like, I must have done yeah, a good job. Yeah, I still think that the freaking barbed wire at the premiere and really? all that stuff, I think that that's just tacky. You know, and the thing, I'm going to be super embarrassingly honest right now is, like, I don't know if I would have even noticed because I would have been like, oh, they're Matches just the book. They're, cover. they're yeah. echoing the book yeah. cover. Yeah. And I hadn't read the book yet. And right. I didn't and it yeah. wouldn't have a No, there's to a me lot of things that don't occur to me. I, until. Yeah. Because yeah. I do wonder, like I do wonder, like, let's pretend this book had been written by someone who actually knew what they're talking about and it was an actually a wonderful book and mm-hmm. had the same mm-hmm. cover mm-hmm. and they did the same promotion. I don't even know if that person would be like, Yeah, let's use barbed wire on our tables. I don't know. I don't know. Because, I mean, would we be like, yeah, it's reflecting, like, the beauty and terror at the same time. You know? I don't. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm a little little more like. Like, what if, oh, what if on my book cover, what if at my book release there was just bagged eyes (laughs) everywhere? (laughs) A bunch of bagged eyes. Just a bunch of sad, tired eyes. You're absolutely right. I'd be like, I don't look like that all the time. Yeah. Just tears. Sometimes tears I, and just, uh, sometimes just your I eyes use, are swollen or yeah. your eyes are baggy. Sometimes That's, I use eye cream. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I look like I got at least five hours of sleep. Oh gosh. Thank you, you very poor, much. You poor, poor. <laughs> <laughs> no joy in your life. Okay. No joy. Uh well, this was well meandering talk. How'd you feel? Did you feel, feel like you got to say what you need to say about this book? Yeah, because I really honestly don't know if I have anything else smart. I don't know if I do either. I want people to, I want people who, who their knee jerk reaction is, mm-hmm. well, now we can't write about anything mm-hmm. to just think about just it for a while. A just listen, think about what we said. Mm-hmm. I don't know if those it. people are listening to our podcast. No, they might not but, be. Yeah. Probably all But of if you... you're going to talk to somebody, if like you're, if like you're listening to this and then you're like, the next person you run into at the grocery store is like, well, that one can't buy. Then yeah. maybe say like, well. But we can. We can. And Good luck to you. Right. Here's some here's some things to think about. Yeah. Yeah. You know. But um but yeah, that's kinda of, that's what I hope the convers I hope the conversation turns and becomes more about that. Yeah. And then I hope it turns and becomes giving money to people who have right. lived experiences. Let's publish more people mm-hmm. who that's what we've been saying all freaking long have these experiences mm-hmm. themselves. Silly, funny, yeah. dramatic. Yeah. Just bad, lived experiences. Happy. Give them money. Yeah. <laughs> Pay people. Yes. Pay people. All right. Happy yep. reading. <laughs> happy, baby. Thoughtful, critical happy reading. Thoughtful. <laughs> yep. There it is. <laughs> Bye. That's it for this edition of the Book Squad Podcast. For more details on any of the books or events mentioned in this episode, visit our website lplks.org Don't miss an episode. Subscribe. Please rate or comment. It helps others find the podcast. Our Book Squad librarians are Polly Kinn and Kate Gramlich. Our theme music is by Heidi Lynn Gluck. I'm Jim Barnes, and this has been a production of the Lawrence Public Library. <laughs>